Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. I want to open the text with Luke chapter 5, verse 5, if you have it in your Bibles or you can look at the screen right behind me. But it says this. Now, I want to give you a bit of context. The context is this. Peter or Simon, how his name was, he went out and he couldn't catch anything. And that's devastating for a businessman whose business is to fish. And so he says this. Luke chapter 5, verse 5, it says, But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. You move a few verses after, verse 8. It says, when Simon Peter saw it, what did he see? He saw the fact that God at his word, he said to do something. Peter did it, and it happened. He says, In verse 8, he says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now, what I want you to see is the contrast versus Simon and Judas. Oftentimes, as followers, we are devoted to the cause. We are devoted for the sake of Jesus. But just like Judas, he leveraged Jesus as a magic trick to get what he wanted, And at this miraculous sign, Peter didn't leverage Jesus, he leveraged himself. It's crazy to me that Peter on the boat, the boat, Jesus says, hey, cast your net to the other side and you'll get a harvest. And he's like, but Jesus, I've been all night doing this, casting my net and I've caught nothing. So what am I supposed to do? I can throw it to the other side, but logically, Jesus, that doesn't make sense. As a businessman, maybe you're into, you know, real estate or you're in some type of financial business or maybe you're a school teacher or whatever you do, you're an expert in your field and some man comes and tells you, throw it to the other side. And it almost doesn't make sense, but as a follower, you're not looking for reason, you're looking to follow. I don't know if you understood what I just said. As a follower, you're not looking, some things look irrational. Some things don't look like they make sense, but how many miracles you've had in your life that haven't made sense? That God has done the miraculous, the impossible. I mean, ask yourself, that finances that came in, how is it possible that it came in? How is it possible that it could actually happen to me? Peter called Jesus master and Lord, and that's why Jesus blessed him. Peter left everything to do Jesus' business. Judas, Matthew chapter 26, verse 25, Judas says, Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, which means teacher, is it I? Jesus says, you have said it. I want you to understand this. I want you to be released from this. There's a difference from knowing a teaching to living a lifestyle. As a follower, there's a difference knowing a teaching and living a lifestyle. The first, 
The first of four F's, feed, follow, forsaken fish. It's one thing to know scripture, to know where to cite it, to know what it says. And the second thing, the more important thing, is to know how to live it. How to live it as a follower of Jesus who, is, who has forsaken everything. You know, the very interesting thing is that in Luke chapter 5, uh, it, it, it's very particular how uh, Peter, he catches fish and his boat is sinking. And it says in verse uh, 5, verse 7, it says, Then Peter called his business partners, and both boats were full and they were sinking. You know, at this moment, Peter could have made a decision. He could have said, man, I could really leverage Jesus so I can get what I want. I could really leverage Jesus to really increase my business. I can make Jesus a business partner. I can sow into Jesus' business and he sows into mine and we could really make a lot of profit right now. But he leveraged himself and he forsook everything. The difference between master and teacher is in this one concept. You can have mind information, but never have heart transformation. You can have mind information. You can learn. You can be uh, scholastically inclined. You can learn a lot of things and never change your heart. I read a book by Kyle Eidelman a few years ago, and it was called Gods at War. Gods with a lowercase g. And this book struck me struck me in a, in a really weird way because God's at war for me was the gods that were fighting for my heart. One of the quotes is, the battlefield of God's is your heart and your heart is shaped by your thoughts. My question to you this morning is, what gods are at the throne of your heart? You see, for followers, Jesus He's master. For fans, Jesus is a magic wand. For followers, Jesus is someone you live for. And for a fan, Jesus is just someone you leverage. To a follower, Jesus is one of many. But to a fan, Jesus is one. I apologize. To a follower, Jesus is one and only. To a fan, Jesus is one of many. To a follower, Jesus is Lord. To a fan, Jesus, he's a rabbi. Followers are faithful. And fans, they're fickle. The biggest threat to churches today is fans who call themselves Christians, but aren't actually interested in following Christ. They want to be close enough to Jesus to get the benefits but not so close, it requires anything from them. Jesus has a lot of fans these days. Fans who cheer for him when things are going well, but who walk away when it's a difficult season. Fans who sit safely in the stands cheering, but they know nothing of sacrifice and pain on the field. Fans of Jesus know all about him, but yet they don't know him. Are you a fan or are you a follower? My goal today in teaching this word is that you would go from a fan to a follower. 
from someone who doesn't know how to fish. And when I say fish, I mean winning souls and making disciples. We believe that it's important that every believer is a disciple maker. Point number two. Only followers live for Jesus' agenda, while fans leverage Jesus for their ambitions. Have you ever been leveraged before? Have you ever been at work or at a school function or at a sport and you've been leveraged to do something that maybe isn't within your, your perspective or your purview to do? Jesus is many times. Luke chapter 5, verse 10 to 11, it says, Do not be afraid, for now on you will catch men. And this is to Peter. He's addressing Peter in this fear that he has. He barely knows right now how to actually fish for fish. He feels like he's been forsaken, like he doesn't know what to do. And God says, but don't worry. I'm about, I'm about to inject an agenda in your life that you are going to get men for Jesus, women for Jesus, houses for Jesus. And I will show you all that I have to teach you. But you just wait. I'll teach you what I will teach you. He says, do not be afraid for now. You will catch men so that they will be, so that, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. See, now many of you won't need to forsake your business. That's Peter's call. God called Peter and his business partners to forsake their business. But maybe that looks like forsaking the Xbox, or maybe that looks like forsaking extra golf sessions, or maybe that looks like forsaking Netflix and chilling. Maybe that looks like forsaking different things in your life that are taking time for you to be successful how you want to be successful. I mean, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. He said that you will be successful, that you have inheritance here on earth as in heaven. And if he said it, I believe it, that settles it. That should be it. But a lot of us, we don't fully go into what it means to forsake it all. You know, some, some of you are probably asking like, okay, so forsaking, what, is that, what, is that, what does that look like, you know? Do I leave my work and come be part of the ministry? No, that's not what... God is asking of you and each man to each man would need to know from the Lord what he's asking from you. But I really believe that God, he's asking of you something today. Who is on the throne of your heart? Not allowing you to fish properly, to go out into the nations or even because you might say, well, Joe, I'm not called to missions. And I say, that's fine. Neither am I, but we're called to a mission, a co-mission, a mission that is two-partied with God and with Jesus and I, and that's the mission that we're talking about today. Fans will leverage Jesus, but followers will forsake, will forsake their ambitions and pursue the goal that Jesus has for us. Don't fear loss but rather focus on life. Too many times as, as humans, there's this huge human dilemma of loss of life 
then we have questions. We don't know what to do. You know, recently I lost some family members up in New York uh, due to the COVID infestation really in New York and everything, all the craziness. And, and you can place yourself in a place where you begin to ask like, well, what do I do? Like, is it God's will for these people to die? Like, and then you, you start getting drained at what, what life brings to you instead of taking life, praying through it. Believing that God, he's faithful to do what he said he would do. And I'm really believing that God will restore this to you today. That he will teach you to stand up again. That he would teach you to become all that God has called you to be in this generation and in this dispensation. Don't fear to leverage your life for the Lord. Focus on the lives you will impact. You know, one of the scariest things in, in evangelizing is that we actually, we actually say no for the other person before we even have a chance to talk to them. How many times, and please don't raise your hand or don't point to your neighbor, but how many times have we had an opportunity to speak to somebody, yet we don't because we fear They'll say no. And so we answer the call that's within every human heart. I read a verse once, John chapter 17, verse 3, impacted my life, changed my life. Because we ask, what is heaven like? Heaven is the streets of gold or the crystal waters or, you know, just the buildings. We get to have mansions. You have a mansion. You have a mansion. We all have a mansion, right? But I ask myself, what is eternal life? John 17, uh, verse 3 says it. And it says, this is eternal life, that you may know him who sent you. And you may know that Jesus is Lord. And that's a super paraphrase, but if you go to heaven and Jesus isn't there, it's not called heaven anymore. And you, by fear at times, we allow fear to, to circumvent what God is doing in our hearts. We allow fear to cripple us, to stop us. You see people here, and, or maybe you see people at work or in the grocery store, and you have a perfect opportunity. You see that mom crying and her child is going haywire, and you can say an encouraging word. Maybe you've been a mother of five already, and you, because of fear, are paralyzed that you can't speak to that woman and encourage life into her. Or maybe you're that man who works in construction, and you're that manly man, and there's another man who works for you or works with you and he doesn't have food and maybe you know you don't you give him food you're kind you're nice and you think that's the will of God and yeah it is but also teaching them about Jesus and all that he has to offer sometimes as men we become arrogant or prideful that we're not able to talk to other men because men we we got it together you know we we we're good to go but I know Men were broken inside too. And I heard this song, it's broken men break their children, you know, and us, we're fractured humanity, but we're replaced by the image of Jesus. And we are the image of Jesus. <laughs> Leverage your life for the lost. 
What does that look like when, yes, you're in the grocery store or maybe you're at work or maybe you're, you find yourself in a place where you haven't been before and you have an opportunity to speak to people and you leverage your life instead of being like Judas and levering, leveraging Jesus for the money that Jesus could provide, be like Peter and leverage your life for what God can do through you, in you, and for you. Leverage your life for the lost. Because, one, it's simple. God loves them. And this message, all it is today, is me helping you, helping us as a body, fish for people. Leverage your life for the lost because Jesus died for them. The Holy Spirit, he came to empower us, to speak to them. They're going to hell without Jesus. If you even think, if, I don't, if you make it a goal in your heart, that if you don't speak to that person, they might go to hell, then your perspective might change a little bit. If you realize the importance of your mouth, I mean, God gave you one, so use it. You know, oftentimes we get the comparison of, you know, being a, being a sports fanatic and we're at a stadium and we are like cheering. When we come to talk about Jesus, it's like we shy back. Loose the fear from your lives. Because God hasn't called us to have a spirit of fear. He hasn't called us to be timid or to shy back. But he's called us to press forward. To go towards the goal. To believe in him. And to show people that it's possible to live a God-filled life. Number three. Followers go fishing where fans go to have fun. There's maybe about 200 people in here now and some through live stream oftentimes we're gonna I'm gonna show you a video here in a a moment but oftentimes we think that fish are just gonna jump into our boat that they're we're just gonna we're just gonna prophesy and fishes will come let me let me restore this to you you don't speak fish I know a lot of people who They are declaring, God, the fish right now in this region will jump. Will jump. And fishers don't jump. They do, but they're not going to just jump in your your boat. And so a lot of times we try to take control of the airs. And Lord, we control the airs right now where the fish are at. And we ask in Jesus' name. But we don't speak fish. Fish just don't, they don't do that. We go to where the fish are at. I want to play a video for you just to help you see what doesn't happen.
In Jesus' name, jump into my boat. In Jesus' name, jump into my boat if you want the Lord, if you don't want to go to hell. And you know, that's some people's tactics. Jump into my boat. I'll show you the way instead of being a means to the way and facilitating understanding, facilitating really seeing what God is going to be doing in their lives. Followers go fishing where fans go to have fun. The first principle of fishing is you go where the fish are at. It's time to stop fishing in our bathtub. It's time to stop fishing in the church, in someone else's home group. It's time to go out to the ponds, the streams, the rivers, the oceans to fish for what God has called you to fish. Where you fish, I may not have the grace to, but where I fish, you may not have the grace to. But God has called each and every one of us to fish for people, to find, to find it within ourselves to become the fisher of men. Fishers of men who are not timid, who are not scared. Long are the, long are the days gone that we are scared or timid to speak to people and bring them to Jesus. As you guys know that 2020 has been a different year. By the sound of your voice, maybe you, you know that too. It's been a very interesting year. I believe that as the dark is getting darker, the light is getting brighter. And we shouldn't fear, amen, we shouldn't fear what's happening around us, but rather what's, what's happening within us, how we're growing. I mean, to me, it's crazy. The persecution of the church always made the church bigger. The persecution of Israel in Egypt, as they were more suppressed and oppressed, they grew in number. Use your reach of influence to impact the people within your world. Each one of you have a different reach. Each one of you have a different gift, a different anointing that you must use. Don't forsake this in your life. God made you the way you are. I have a variety uh, of friends who are very different than I am. Some speak a little more, some don't speak as much, and some are just as loud as me. But everybody has a particular gift that they have, a particular anointing that they have to fish for people. Some people are more in the gaming world and others are more in the entrepreneurial world. Some are in the financial sector and others are in the scholastic uh, arenas of life. Some are in a political sphere and some are in economical. But what I'm trying to say is that you each have a different gift and you need to leverage that gift that you have and push the message of Jesus. I want you to really understand today, this message is simple, it's not mind-blowing, but it's direct in that we must fish. Fishing is going to be an important part of every believer's life, that we would be able to make disciples of every Christian, that we would be able to, to be what God has called us to be, and he's called us to push the Great Commission all across the world, and that he, that he would be with us. 
Don't say no for them. That's the greatest, one of the greatest distractions in Christianity. What will they say? I can come up on here and have that same fear. Well, what will they say? I'm not, I'm not afraid to speak to masses, but what will they say? You go to your job or you, you, you do something or you make a move and you ask, what will they say? Who cares about what they'll say? It's about what you don't say that matters more because you may be the only Jesus that they will ever see. Restore this to you today. That you may be the only Jesus that they'll see. Church is more likely to criticize than to evangelize. Have you noticed that? The church is more likely to criticize than to evangelize. We have the great distraction instead of the great commission. I wish that churches, that before they can criticize someone, they have to first share the gospel. Like what would, what would life look like if before we're allowed to criticize, we have to share the gospel of Jesus? What would that look like? Would that look like transformed hearts? Would that look like more connections? Would that look like more fishing? More people coming to Jesus? Less of us, more of him? What would that look like truly? For me, oftentimes, it's that question that juxtaposes each other, that is in question with each other. That question that, well, what should I say? What should I do within myself? I mean, what, what questions within me can stop me from sharing what God has placed? The same goes for you. There's nothing that you can do, no question that you can ask yourself on the inside that can actually change the fact that, yes, you should fish for people, that you should seek to make a difference in people's lives. Our goal as a church, and I want to actually read you our mission and our vision, because without this, it'll be hard to understand. Our dream is this, thousands locally and millions globally. Thousands locally and millions globally. Our vision is to love God, love people, and change the world. That's your goal. You're called to be a world changer. Our mission is to win souls and to make disciples. Our goal is that every believer becomes a disciple maker. And our strategy is the three times three. And what does that mean? As I'm closing the message, it's a short message, it's very simple, but it's three people to get saved in three months. If every person saves three people, excuse me, <clears throat> if every person brings three people to the Lord, not just will the church house be filled, but the kingdom gates will be bursting. And if we believe that as a, as, as a young crowd, as a conglomeration of people, that we can push this mission, vision, and goal to do that, all that God has called us to do, to push 
this agenda, not our agenda, but Jesus' agenda, then something significant will happen. The dream, the vision, the mission, and the goal, and the strategy. The strategy can always change. Today we'll do something, tomorrow we'll do something different. I really believe that we need to stop, we need to go from social media to social ministry. From social media to social ministry. Where we will go on social media, because we all have it, and if we don't, we can make it very quickly. But we can go from actually being on the internet to bringing change and bringing deliverance and bringing all that God has for us. I really believe that God is doing something supernatural in this church and that he's doing something so different. We can't even explain it at times to see people getting saved, healed, and delivered. As the worship team comes up, I want to just close by saying this. The three points were very simple. Jesus is not looking for fans. He's looking for followers. Only followers live for Jesus' agenda. While fans just leverage Jesus. And number three, followers go fishing where fans go to have fun. What I would like to restore to you today is that you do have the ability to go from a fan to a follower just like that. All it takes is one thing, your yes. I heard once that sometimes even a weak yes is a real yes. That even a weak yes is a real yes. To me, it's crazy that the biggest threat in church today are Christians who aren't actually Christians. Did you think we were going to get to a time in our lives where we would be in a church full of people who say they're the church doing nothing of what the church is actually meant to do? Is he master where you follow and you forsake everything? Or is he just a teacher that you get good information from, but you go back home every time and you go back to your old, your same old, same old. Again, what I like the most about this message is that it's not complex. It's very simple. It's very direct. And it's for you. It's for me. It's for us. We are people who, in spite of all the tragedies that's gone on in our lives, in spite of the chaos that so easily entangles us, in spite of the different things that always tend to trip us up, God is faithful to do what he said he would do. And this is not Jesus trying to say, hey, I'll give you good business if you follow me. It's, hey, if you follow me, you'll have good business. 
It's, it's Jesus wanting you to understand that he is your all or he is your nothing. He's not just your in-between. He's not just your side chick on Saturdays or on Fridays or every day of the week until Sundays. He is your all and everything, nothing else, only him above all else. I had a friend who had a very, very uh, bad disease. And all he would talk to me about was this disease that took over his life. And for months, all he would talk to me about was a disease. And I told him, bro, cancer and STDs is a name under the name that's above all name. And that name is Jesus. And so if you live so, so intertwined with thoughts of sickness and failure because of maybe how you grew up, then that's not your portion. Your portion is to win souls and make disciples. Your portion is to be a God follower, not just a fan, not just someone who on the weekends goes to church, but someone who believes that if God is able, if he is with me, if he is for me, then who could be against me? And that's my question to you. If he is with you, who can be against you? I mean, ask yourself, how many issues did you go through this week that life was against you? But with everything, even if your mother or your father would leave you, God with everything would pick you up. He would turn your situation around and he would do it for your glory, for his glory, that his word would be manifest, that he would understand what you go through. If you didn't catch anything from today's sermon, I encourage you this. That you would know that you are loved by a father who loves you so much. And that he wants you to live an abundant life. And part of that abundant life is bringing others into the abundant life. Part of the abundant life is bringing others to the abundant life. Three by three. Just right where you're at. I want you to just close your eyes. We're going to pray. What we're going to pray for is simple. Is Lord help me find three. I can find you. Lord help me find people. To just love on you. Holy Spirit as we're here gathered this morning. Lord, we pray, God, for three people in the next three months. Lord, that they would come to you, Lord, but that they would go fishing in their schools, in their workplaces, on the construction sites, Lord, in the grocery stores or in the grocery outlets, Lord. That, God, in the drive-thrus and the highways and byways, God, that there would be, Lord, a gathering of people, Lord, that you would open our eyes, God, to see, Lord, exactly what you want us to see that you would open our eyes, God, that it would be restored to us, God, that we are fishers of men, Lord, that when you say we do, Lord, that where you go, I go, Lord, and what you do, Lord, I do. And so we declare, God, that three people in the next three months, Lord, would come to you, Lord, but that you would use us 
that you would use us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. As we close service, if you could stand on your feet with me and feed, follow, forsake, and today fish. You feed on the Holy Scriptures. You follow Jesus and not a particular political party or today's agenda of the world, but you follow Jesus wholeheartedly, no other agenda. You just follow Jesus because he's faithful enough. He's good enough. God is a good father and he's better than you think. Forsake your life. You have a good life. You live in America. I'm asking you to forsake your life. To give up what you thought was the American dream for the goal of Jesus. I'm not asking you to not get a house, to not be financially well, to live under a bridge. That's not what I'm asking. You need to understand the difference. What I'm asking you to do is to forsake your personal agenda for the agenda of Jesus. Students come from all across the world to our internship program. And I help, I co-lead the Hungry Gen internship program where thousands of kids have come in the last, over the last four and five years. And we teach them one thing, to love Jesus. Because from this love that they learn, they learn to love themselves, they learn to honor their parents, they learn to do these things, not because of us, but because of the love Jesus has. And it's to forsake ourselves and to love Jesus. And so the last prayer that I want to do today, because I feel like you get it. Fish. Fish for people. Don't say no for them. Don't try to answer for them. Don't try to... to, to don't try to respond for them. I'm sure you've had times or situations where people have responded for you and it doesn't feel good. They will say yes or they will say no, but you're not their savior. You can only throw the line. So I ask you today to throw that line. Many of you might go eating or you might go to the parks. Fish, throw the line. If you speak Ruski, then speak Ruski and speak to them. If you speak Spansky, then speak Spansky. If you speak English, then you speak English. But you speak to them in a way that they can understand. And I love Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 8 where it says, Nehemiah, speak to the people in a way that they can understand. And God is giving you a gift. Whether you speak in Christian words or whether you speak with a crazy accent, no matter how you speak, God will use you. And he'll use you, and he'll use you. And use is a scary word for a lot of you because you've been used and abused. But God won't use and abuse you. He'll use you, he'll take care of you, he'll come for you, he'll be your good papa, he'll be your tato, he'll be your papa, he'll be your good father. And you understand this because you know God. You at the sound of my voice and you in live stream, you understand that God is a good father. He's better than you think. He's ready for you. And all he's asking of you is to love me 
and throw the line. You can't speak to the fish. You can only go to where the fish is at. You can throw the line and you can change the world. In Jesus' name. The final prayer. I want to pray for those who are, those who who maybe haven't made a decision to accept Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. We want to restore this to you today. Before the foundations of the earth were laid, you were his. Before you were knitted in your mother's womb, you were his. And so I want to restore to you today this prayer of salvation with eyes closed and heads bowed. If that's you today that wants to commit or recommit their lives to Jesus, I want you to just throw your hands in the air. I want to just pray. If you're a live stream and you want to commit your heart to Jesus, I want you to just say, hey, that's me. That's me. I I need prayer. Just a few more seconds. Holy Spirit, Lord, we thank you, God, for those, Lord, that are raising their hands, God. Lord, we declare, God, salvation has come to their home, Lord. We declare, God, that salvation is their portion. Holy Spirit, we pray, God, for those, Lord, who are coming to you today, Lord, for the first time, God. Lord, the commission is clear, Lord, to win souls, to make disciples, to change a nation for you, Lord. God, we declare, God, that by the word of your mouth, Lord, and your testimony, God, we declare people saved, healed, delivered in Jesus name Lord we declare your faithfulness we declare your goodness God we declare that what is yours is ours God and we know God that you're a good father you are better than we think in Jesus name hey guys I hope you enjoyed this week's message if you like what you've heard you can find more of this great content on YouTube Facebook Instagram Twitter Snapchat TikTok and even Pinterest In other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.